0: Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait, a what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this.
1: Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill?
3: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156.
4: This is Denise Salcedo with Dave LaGreca, and this is the Saturday edition of the Busted Open Podcast. On today's show, we'll discuss the outcome of the very first Busted Open match that took place on Impact Sacrifice between our very own Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray. Plus, we're going to break down all of the latest updates from CM Punk and his latest deleted Instagram post. What's his future with AEW? We'll give you all of our thoughts on this Saturday edition of Busted Open. You won't want to miss it. The first ever busted open match took place last night at Impact Wrestling Sacrifice. Bully Ray, Bully Ray defeated Tommy Dreamer. I can't believe it. Uh, You know, there's obviously some things we're going to have to talk about about how this all went down. But Dave, I'll kick it off and, you know, ask you, how are you feeling after the first ever busted open
2: match? I got to tell you, it was pretty surreal, you know, watching Sacrifice last night. Uh, seeing like, you know, the logo that they used to, you know, promote the match earlier on in the pay-per-view and to see the picture of Tommy and bully. And then that busted open logo. Like, it's like, wow. You know, like I never would have imagined that there would be a quote, unquote, busted open match. And then obviously with two of our hosts, Tommy dreamer and bully Ray that I've been working with now for years here on the show. And it was, it was pretty surreal. Obviously, Uh, Denise, I've been a part of the story. They had me in Vegas uh, for no surrender. Um, Bully Ray throwing the chair at me, knocking me on my ass in the ring. Pretty embarrassing moment in front of my wife who was sitting at ringside, but I digress. Uh, But it was pretty surreal. And uh, unfortunately, Denise, we've seen once again the real side of Bully Ray because Tommy Dreamer should have been the winner. Of that match last night.
4: He definitely shut up. You know, that was the thing. When I was watching this, I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, the second I saw a bully just get the towel and start, you know, taking away like any evidence of blood, I was like, I cannot believe this. But there were some crazy moments during this. I mean, we saw, you know, a, a greater being used. We see a low blow. Uh, Darren, uh, Darren McCarty gets yep. beat thrown in his face, gets thrown into this match. I mean, it was kind of all sorts of chaotic, Uh, you know, how did you feel? about some of the violence that we were seeing, thumbtacks, uh, everything that was incorporated into this?
2: Well, I, the one that's going to stick in my mind, and I think a lot of fans' minds, Denise, is the tax with Tommy's face, where you yeah. just you see, you know, Bully grabbing his head and closer and closer into the tax. Like, like that was a pretty amazing moment and i shouldn't say amazing maybe amazing is not the right word but dramatic it was definitely a dramatic moment in that match but i i think even more than what we saw and of course denise i got to bring up bully ray being the wise ass that he is having you know bringing in that tiny ladder and having the referee hold the ladder we get it wink wink we you know we know your opinion on uh on the referees uh bully uh but um the Canadian Destroyer by Scott Demore. I mean, oh my, god! I did not see that come. When Scott Demore came out, I'm like, oh boy, what is this going to be? And when he hit that Canadian Destroyer, I think that shocked everybody that was watching that show last night.
4: I think so, too. Like, here's the thing. Like, I do want to circle back a little bit to that spot that Bully Ray did, because when he took out the small little ladder and they did the whole, you know, he did the whole thing with the referee holding on to the ladder. I I couldn't I could not stop like laughing at this. I was like, I cannot believe that this is happening right now in this match. And so there was a bunch of little things that I think here were that were done that were uh, just very entertaining to watch. But I do want to talk a little bit about Darren, because, you know, I'm not a hockey fan, Dave, so I don't know about hockey. I don't know about, you know, who's a big player, who's a big, you know, legend in hockey. I have no knowledge of hockey whatsoever. So, um, you know, I didn't really know what to, you know, expect here. But I thought Darren, like Darren was pissed, man. And this was kind of cool to see, you know, how all of that, you know, played out with his, you know, eh, 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 you know, ended up getting involved in this match. I thought that was kind of cool to see. And so even though I'm not like a hockey fan by any means whatsoever, I still found myself like very entertained with all of this and you know Darren getting involved and I do want to talk about that Canadian Destroyer afterwards because it literally had everybody going like what what is happening and you know you know clearly we know the history of the Canadian Destroyer and all of that regarding Scott D'Amour and but it was still pretty funny to go out and actually see it on the show itself
2: yeah and 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 Darren uh, you know is a legend you know uh, Detroit Red Wings And I know for a fact, because he's been on this show, he listens to this show. Who knows? He might be listening uh, right now. And if he is, call in. But, you know, Darren and Tommy are very, very close friends. So, you know, as much as what we've been seeing last night, like, I'm sure there was a part of Darren that was pissed. And And, like, look at the, I mean, Bully not only throwing the drink at Darren, but spitting at Darren as well. Like, I mean, Darren's, you know... He's been there, done that. I think a five-time Stanley Cup winner, Darren. So, like, I'm sure he wasn't pleased with what happened, and I'm sure he wasn't pleased with what Bully did to Tommy last night. So I don't blame him for getting so angry. And that was that was some pretty good tension added to the match last night.
4: So, Dave, I do have to ask you, you know, how does this, uh, you know, impact busted open, and how does this change the, uh, you know, the chemistry in the room – When, you know, you got Bully and Tommy and just everything surrounding all of this. And even afterwards, you know, we saw that post-match promo um, from Tommy Dreamer. And, you know, he was not really, uh, you know, he was not really in the right frame of mind. You know, he was very, very upset with the outcome as he rightfully should be because he got screwed in all of this. He should have won this match.
2: There's no doubt. But Denise, I'm going to say something. And this is coming straight from the heart because I know both. Bully and Tommy very well, and both do a great job here on Busted Open. But I'm going to tell you something, and like I said, this is complete honesty here. Like, I got to put all the blame on Tommy on this one. Tommy's the one who brought Bully into Impact. You know, Tommy had Bully's back. Like, you don't make a deal with the devil. As much as I enjoy doing the show with Bully, I know who Bully is. You know, and Denise, I'm sure there's people that you work with that, like, Yes, you have a good re- working relationship with them. You could do work together. But you're not going to vouch for that person. You're not going to uh, extend a lot of courtesy to that person. Why? Because you know how they are. Tommy has known Bully for decades. He should have known that this was going to be the outcome. So I, I got it's, a, it's not ignorance on Tommy's part. He knows I got to say that this really lies on Tommy and he should be looking in the mirror and blaming himself because he put way too much stock into Bully Ray.
4: You know, that's the thing, though, that you, you're you right on this. I mean, we probably, he should have seen it coming. Yes. I feel like with all with the history of Bully Ray, he should have seen it coming. Yep. And but, you know, watching Tommy Dreamer afterwards and, you know, how, uh, you know, distressed he was after this match. I kind of couldn't help but to just be like, you know, oh, my God, you, 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 you just this just all occurred. And he's, you know he he's so upset and I couldn't help but to kind of, you know, feel bad in that scenario and be like, I can't believe this all ended up playing out the way that it did. But uh, do you think that this is it? The rivalry is over or is this going to continue?
2: I hope it's over. I really want to put this to bed because we have work to do here on the show. We're going to be on stage together at the whiskey a go-go. So I'm, I'm hoping and praying that this is the end of this. And Tommy, as upset and angry as he is, like I said, a lot of the blame falls on him. I, I think he should move on and let's move forward for the sake of impact and obviously for for me, selfishly, the sake of this show.
0: Addie, Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait, a what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill?
4: This is the topic that I have been just like waiting and yearning to talk about here with you today. And that is CM Punk. Because, you know, he's, he, you know, anytime anything with CM Punk happens, it kind of tends to really just blow up. And ever since Brawl Out, the media scrum, every all people can talk about is everything that went down with that. And just when it kind of seemed like things were dying down, uh, all of a sudden, you know, we hear from CM Punk, which we haven't really heard from him uh in regards to this at all, very much. And he brings out this Instagram post where he is talking about his build to the ma- build to the match with John Moxley at all out, the squash that we saw on the August edition of Dynamite. And he's talking about, you know, AEW making him go out there when he wasn't medically clear. He's calling out Dave Meltzer, he's calling out Chris Jericho. He is, you know, pretty you know, pretty upset in this Instagram post. It lasts, you know, however long it lasts. And then he ends up deleting it. And of course, this kind of causes causes an uproar on social media. Now, before we get into the, you know, all of the updates and the details regarding everything that came out recently, I do want to first touch on your thoughts, your initial thoughts, Dave, when you saw that this Instagram story had been put out by CM Punk.
2: It was was a bit gut-wrenching for me, Denise, because here on Busted Open, and obviously everybody knows what's happened at, you know, what they're now calling brawl out after all out in the media scrum, which you were front and center for and did such an amazing job covering. And your video is still out there on YouTube with over a million and a half hits, but... We've talked a lot on this show about, you know, CM Punk is what's best for business for AEW, right? And we're all fans of CM Punk in the ring. If you look at some of the biggest ratings that AEW has had and some of the biggest pay per views dollar wise they've had, it revolved around CM Punk. And even when CM Punk wasn't around, I still think CM Punk was a major topic. Everybody was talking about CM Punk. So lately, we've been talking about on this show, like, are we going to get CM Punk back? We want CM Punk back. When I saw that Instagram post, Denise, even before dissecting what it actually said, it's like, here we go again. Like, now this is another blow. Like, now it seems like now that I've gotten to the point where I think all the wounds were healed from the media scrum at All Out. And, like, again, the scar is still visible But at least it's healed, right? That kind of just opened up those wounds one more time. And I was kind of saying to myself, man, I don't know if we're ever going to see CM Punk in an AEW ring again.
4: And, you know, that's kind of sad. And I I mentioned this yesterday, but, you know, we mentioned here that we are, you know, it's not like if people aren't CM Punk fans. And, you know, I kind of talked about this yesterday, and I do want to dive into this a little bit more, is that, you know, it did feel like a lot of people did turn on CM Punk immediately following that media scrum. And you couldn't necessarily blame them because it was one of those things where you were like, man, this makes the company look so bad. And, you know, it just basically, you know, it's airing your dirty laundry out there and so a lot of people did turn on Sam Punk but I do feel like there was a good amount of people that like you know what like let's listen him out you know he has you know he is making some points here and so I think that kind of brings me to my question uh Dave when the whole media scrum uh occurred were you kind of like on the side of Sam Punk were you not on the side of Sam Punk how did you feel about the initial scrum portion of it
2: Well, I I just, I actually, like you just said, Denise, the things that he said in that media scrum were pretty much on point. I can understand the frustration and the anger that Punk was feeling because it felt like it was very one-sided. He talked about, you know, Hangman Page in the ring with him and that promo that completely blindsided him. And, you know, he mentioned about why would you go there? Why would you say those things when... You know, we're leading up to a pay-per-view. This could hurt business. Um, the things that he issues with Cole Cabana, I, I I believe there was a lot of truth into what Punk was saying in that media scrum. But I I said it the day after, and I'll say it right now. It was not the right place, and it was not the right time. This is immediately after a pay-per-view. You were just crowned world champion. You have that AEW World Championship sitting in front of you. Um, It was the return of MJF. So by saying the things that you said, you're not only damning the people that you're mentioning But you're also damning the entire company and everybody that, you know, really, like, busted their asses in that pay-per-view. Because does anybody remember any of the matches? Does anybody remember the return of MJF? Was anybody talking about those things the next day? No, everybody was talking about what CM Punk did in that media scrum. Again, does he have the right to say those things? I think he does. Do I feel his frustration, his anger? I absolutely do. I just felt, Denise, that it was the wrong time to do it and the wrong place to do it. And again, like with that Instagram post, I always feel like social media is the worst place to air your dirty laundry. Like, if you have those issues and you have those problems with management, deal with management. And then if you, can't, if you can't deal with it and you feel like you're not being heard, then find the right venue to do it. To do it immediately after a pay-per-view like he did, I just felt wrong place, wrong time.
4: I remember you know sitting in that room and when CM Punk walked in because he's you know he's one of the big stars him and Jericho who are always doing the media scrums with AEW and you know it wasn't the first time that you know we had been in a room with CM Punk this was probably like the fourth uh, maybe yeah I think it was like the fourth or fifth time that CM Punk had done one of these and I remember when he walked in and I'm like okay press record you know I'm not really thinking much you know I'm more thinking in terms of like the technical aspects of you know what I'm there to do right and when he started, you know, talking about all of this and Cabana and just everything. I was just sitting there kind of going like, oh my God, is everybody hearing this? Like, are we all aware of what's happening? And one of the things that I do, like, I feel like I, I have like kind of a little bit of regret from that night in the sense that I, in hindsight, think like, man, I should have asked this. Why didn't I ask that? Why didn't we think about this? Why didn't we talk about that? Why did this happen? Why didn't this go down? And it's so much easier to do that in hindsight because in the moment you're just like what is going on here and that's the thing like I remember when you know I was seeing all of the comments rolling you know that video that I posted has over 14,000 comments and it is very very split there were people that were completely anti-CM Punk there were people like you know what we see his points a lot of his points are valid and that was the thing like even though like you said um this wasn't the right time or place to do it a lot of his points I did think were valid like the reasons that he said he was mad i got it i understood why he was upset like i couldn't necessarily you know uh you know shame the man for that but i did notice that there was a lot of people that were like you know what we it's almost like his points were uh rendered invalid because of the format in which it was executed so then we finally get to this instagram post and here's the thing and dave I'm, i'm curious about your opinion on this the fact that he deleted it Your theory on this, because CM Punk doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's just going to be out there, you know, tweeting his feelings and then taking it back. I call that, you know, emotion. I know it's on Instagram, but, you know, emotional. I'm going to call it emotional tweeting because you're out there putting, you know, these feelings that maybe you should have left in the drafts.
2: Yeah. And and Denise, it's not like, all right, this just happened. So you're angry in the moment and you know, you have your phone in your hand and you type out there and you send it and you're like, oh my gosh, and then delete it. Like those things he was saying must have been on his brain and on his mind for a while. It must have been heavy on his heart for a while. From everything I've heard, CM Punk, and from everything we've seen, seems like a pretty intelligent person. I feel like that, that was meant to be. Like, he meant for that to go out there. Now, did somebody from AEW reach out immediately and say, like, listen, you can't do this. This is breach of a contract or something that's a clause in your contract, which it probably is. And said, you got to delete that immediately? Maybe. But I feel like CM Punk is intelligent enough that I feel like that may have been a calculated move by CM Punk and in that Instagram post from Thursday.
4: And you think it could have also been intentionally deleted on purpose where he knew, hey, people are checking up my stories. You know, you know, when it comes to social media, you can post something out for like a second. And no matter what, it lives there forever, no matter yes. how fast you delete it.
2: And Denise, like, let's just say I did something like that. Like, say I had an issue with you or I had an issue with some an executive with Sirius XM. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to type it out there. And then I'm going to delete it a minute later. So if anybody says anything, said, yeah, I'm sorry. I I got emotional in that moment. I was upset about the situation. I deleted it. It's gone. It's off my account. You don't have to worry about it. I mean, it's an excuse. To me, it's like you just said, once you put it out there, no matter how long it's out there, it's out there. And people are going to see it. Obviously, a lot of people did because that screen cap was everywhere on Thursday night. It's it's. Listen, Denise, if we were talking about one situation with CM Punk, it would be one thing. But this is almost entirely similar to what we saw in the world of the WWE before he left the WWE. I mean, so it's not like it's an isolated incident with AEW. You have to look back to like that time with the WWE and how that bridge was burned when he left the WWE at that time. would it have been better if during that media scrum he answered all the reporters questions put over AEW put over the world championship put over MJF and at the end at the very end right before he said goodbye and left if he said hey guys but before i go i got to get some things off my mind and then said what he said would that have been would would that have been easier to swallow or would it still have been the wrong place, wrong time.
4: I think it still would have been the wrong place, wrong time. Because here's the thing, Dave, like, the whole thing is just putting that stuff out there because whether, it doesn't matter, I think, whatever point of the, you know, scrum it was set in because regardless, if it was in the beginning, in the middle, in the end, it was still going to make AEW look bad. And the, uh, one of the big criticisms regarding that scrum from a lot of people is that Tony Khan didn't do anything. Uh, AWPR didn't do anything. Nobody did anything to put a stop to CM Punk. And so regardless that was still going to be a criticism that was still going to be a topic in uh people's minds and here's the thing and I want to bring this up now because one of the things that I've thought about here was if you legitimately have an issue with somebody you know there's different we sometimes we forget that there's different people and different, uh, frames of thinking. And one of the things that, you know, I remember, you know, being a topic, just like I, I overheard this in a conversation when I was listening to some like sports documentary, whatever, but it really stuck with me. And it was, do you prefer to be stabbed in the heart or stabbed in the back? And I think that there's two types of people. There's people that will stab you to the heart and there's people that will stab you to the back. So could you take CM Punk? Doing all of this as a you know what, he could have easily just played politics behind the scenes, uh, and you know, he maybe he was, I don't know, but uh, he could have easily just continued to play politics behind the scenes and you know, and express his anger towards the EVPs in a manner like that, or just flat out putting it out there for everybody hey, I have an issue with the EVPs, and also I did not keep uh, you know, Cole Cabana. And I'm not the reason he's not on the show, because that was a big thing that he was upset about, that he was being accused of this. And I started to think, like, if I was being accused of something and I was upset about it, I would want to talk about it. Like, you know, I did not do this. And granted, you know, he just went a lot further and, you know, threw in the stuff with Hangman Page, MJF and just all this other stuff. But, um, you know, so that was one of the things that I started to think about where. Yes, it it did make the the company look bad. It really did. You can't excuse that. But at the same time, I'm like, he kind of just went out there and just was honest.
2: You can make the case, Denise, that Punk was getting multiple stab wounds in the back during the course of the last, what, maybe three to six months before that all-out media scrum. And what Punk decided to do was take a big sword and just shove it right into the heart. And I'm not saying who's right or wrong. I'm not pointing the fingers of blame. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just stating the facts. Now, when it comes to CM Punk, Hangman... And, and, and let's just break down what Punk was saying at that at that media scrum, Denise. And one thing he mentioned was Hangman, Hangman Page, and the promo that they had in the ring, where really Hangman Page went into business for himself on live TV in front of CM Punk. And if you go back to that promo, CM Punk didn't know what to say. If you remember, he was like, "Why are you taking this so personal?" And I think that was a shoot because I don't, I really don't know if Punk knew where where Hangman Page was going. So in a a way, to go back to what what you said, Denise, that was a little bit of a knife in the back. Punk didn't see that coming. And then you go back to all the reports that were all over the dirt sheets about Cole Cabana getting fired or CM Punk wanting Cole Cabana fired. That was leaked out to a lot of different outlets out there. And to punk, hey, wait, wait a second. That's not true. I never I never wanted Cole Cabana fired. I never asked for him to go to our uh, to Ring of Honor. I never asked for those things to happen. So, Denise, what better way to address the hangman paid situation and the situation with Cole Cabana than with every wrestling journalist in that room after a pay-per-view? Now again, Denise, I'm not condoning it. Again, I still think it was the wrong place, wrong time. But if you're CM Punk and you have multiple things to address, instead of leaking it, I'm not going to leak it. I'm going to stay I'm going to stand here in front of everybody and not only everybody of the of the wrestling media, but the AEW owner and president sitting to the left of me and I am going to address this situation one after the other. That is not a knife in the back. Denise, that is a knife straight into the heart.
4: Exactly. And that was one of the things that I remember thinking about here where I'm like, okay, clearly – Punk is upset that, you know, these reports are going out there, which, you know, he says are untrue. And w- OK, who are the people reporting it? Well, the people that are in the room. So would you not say, hey, you know, your stuff is wrong, blah, 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 and go from there. And so to me, that was one of the things that I remember when I was in there and, it, and my mentality was just like, man, just sit back make sure you're recording and kind of just, you know, do your thing. Right. But it, it it was one of those things where I just felt like there was just so much of this immediate attack without thinking about, well, what if, Let's think about it this way. And so I, I'm glad that we are having this conversation because these are thoughts that I, you know, I feel like, you know, like everybody here, we've been analyzing and thinking about this conversation, whether you're talking about it with friends, whether you're talking about it on a podcast, whether you're just thinking about it by yourself. Uh, we all have all these different thoughts.
2: Yeah. And I, and I felt like, You know, we had to bring this up. And again, I'm not condoning the behavior. I'm not condoning the timing of it and where it happened. Obviously, it's a bad situation. And it left Tony Khan in a bad situation. And I feel like what you're saying, Denise, is probably the same way Tony Khan felt. Like, he didn't see this coming. He was kind of blindsided by it. And I understand, like, people of the media not jumping on this. Because at the time when I first saw it, and I was in Chicago... Uh, for that pay per view, but I left right after the pay per view. I didn't stay for the media scrum, the one media scrum I don't go to, and it's like the greatest <laughs>
1: media scrum
2: of all time. But you know, but but I don't know if I would have jumped on it either because if I was in that in that audience while Punk was talking, I probably would have been shaking my head like, "Why are you doing this? Stop it!" I might even have said, "Stop!" Like this isn't the <laughs> right place and time. Stop it. This is a This is supposed to be a celebration of what we just saw. This was a great card. This was a great show. You just had a great match with Moxley. Let's celebrate you winning that AEW championship. MJF came back. This is huge. Like, it just erased everything we just saw. And I was pretty angry. I got to admit, Denise, when I first saw it. But now, all these months later, looking back at it and talking about it, I, again, I'm not saying I agree with Punk, but let's just say I can understand why Punk did what he did.
4: Right, exactly. And there was another thing that I do want to bring up really quickly, and that is that during the scrum, my when I was sitting there... And my reaction to what I was seeing was my reaction. I almost felt like Tony Khan. I know he didn't say anything. And we still haven't heard too much on his thoughts, so I don't want to speak for him. But just as a person who was there, front row for this, I almost felt like if Tony Khan was kind of in agreement with CM Punk because there was times where he was just, you know, nodding along and you know he didn't say anything. And I don't know, like that was just kind of how. I read the situation and I would love to know what was going through Tony Khan's mind during this. If he was just, you know, letting him express, because if someone's going out there and expressing their thoughts, it's also one of those things where you're like, oh, do I really want to be the person that, you know, kind of stops you from expressing your, uh, you know, your freedom to say whatever it is you want to say? I don't know. It's just so complicated because, again, it's a business. You could just argue both sides of it all. But that's kind of how I felt when I was listening to it.
2: And Denise, to your point, because watching your video and your video that you put up is still there on YouTube, like there is a point where Tony Khan jumped in and was like, listen, I I shouldn't have said like I should have stopped that. I shouldn't have let that happen. And then Punk was like, no, no. You know what? That's not your place to do that. It's almost like CM Punk was like, listen, this you're not involved in this conversation. Let me talk. And like I felt like Tony Khan was like, all right, I'm just I'm just going to let him talk here. I'm going to let him like you said express himself. Now, should he have let him do it? I still think no. I sh- I I sh- I think that in that moment Tony Khan shouldn't have been thinking of CM Punk, he should have been thinking of the company as a whole and somebody should have shot him down. But for whatever reason, like you said, he let him go and let him go for a full 20 minutes after that. Denise. And he kept bringing it back up even when there was other questions about the actual pay-per-view. Punk kept going back to the EVPs, to Hangman Page and to Colt Cabana. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola, sound design by Mary Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas.
1: Addy.
0: Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait. A what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill for me? That's right, the little pink pill. And it's called Addy, A-D-D-Y-I, or flibanserin. Learn more about the little pink pill at addyi.com. See full prescribing information and medication guide, including boxed warning regarding severe low blood pressure and fainting in certain
1: settings at addy.com slash P-I, or call 844-PINK-PILL.